Welcome to the Are Your Hands Full podcast, a step-by-step parenting podcast for your Jewish family. My name is Dr. S. Yaroslavitz, and I hope you enjoy this episode. It's Sunday morning, 6.02 a.m. The banging on the door started at 5.49 a.m. I tried to jump out of bed with a smile on my face and cheer in my voice, but all of that went unnoticed by my children. Laibi demanded that I give him cereal immediately, and the other children were quick to follow. We went to the kitchen only to discover that there were no more sugar puffs in the pantry. This was enough to throw Laibi into a fierce tantrum. Needless to say, I was happy that I had not mopped the floor the night before and that yesterday I had bought four containers of milk instead of three. Once I finally convinced him that I would make him pancakes with syrup instead, he calmed down. But when the baby needed an urgent diaper change, his patience started wearing thin. Sunday morning, it's 7.30 a.m. Shavy and Mindy have been at each other's necks the entire morning. It all started with, who would sit in the seat next to the baby? I tried convincing them to take turns. When that didn't work, I suggested that we put the baby between them, but that suggestion was not good either. Finally, I convinced Mindy that if she sat in another seat, I would give her a lollipop after breakfast. She accepted that, and momentary peace was restored. But then, when the baby finished eating breakfast and climbed out of the high chair, Chevy started complaining that it was not fair because she didn't really get to sit next to her and that she deserves a lollipop too. I gave in because I was desperate at that point. I tried grabbing a quick coffee to calm my exploding nerves, but apparently the baby's curious hands found the sugar before mine. So there went the sugar, there went the coffee, and there went my nerves. Is it really only 7.30 in the morning? How will I survive this day? Sunday morning, it's 8.28 a.m. The boys' bus is coming in two minutes, and Yossi refuses to look for his shoes. He claims that I put them away somewhere, and therefore I have to find them. What does that mean? Of course I put them away. I put them away when I put away everything else in this house. Isn't it enough that I spend hours every evening sorting through all their piles of garbage and toys to make the house presentable so that by morning everything is in its right spot and can be found easily? Where is the basic appreciation here? I tell Yussi, okay, well, maybe I did scream at Yussi, that if he does not find his shoes this minute, he will have to go to school without them. Begrudgingly, he checks the closet and finds them. We throw on his coat and dash out the door, catching the bus just before it rounds the corner. Phew! Am I glad the boys have school on Sunday. Maybe tomorrow I will actually want to kiss them goodbye. Sunday afternoon, 12.35 p.m. The girls are finally dressed, and honestly, I am not even sure how that happened. Chevy never wants to wear the clothing that I buy for her, and Mindy is quick to follow suit. They tell me that I am really the worst mother out there and that I buy the nerdiest things. I don't understand this. I shop for them in the most fashionable stores, and I always ask the saleswoman to show me the latest styles, but apparently that is not good enough for them. Sometimes I wonder if they really don't like the clothing or if they're just not happy because I bought it for them. I tell the girls to get into the car. I need to go grocery shopping. Mindy demands that she sit next to the baby this time because Chevy sat next to her this morning at breakfast time. Chevy claims that she didn't really sit next to her because by the time she sat down, the baby had already finished eating and had climbed out of the high chair. 
I tried to get a word in edgewise between Chevy's screams and Mindy's wails, but my voice did not prove loud enough. Finally, I just grabbed Chevy by the coat, pulled her out of the car, and put her into the front passenger seat. She's only five, but I was desperate. Chevy turned to Mindy with a smug grin on her face, and I already heard the wheels of fury spinning in Mindy's brain. I will pay for this one, and I know it. But what choice do I have? We need more milk, more sugar, and I'd better get some more lollipops, too. Sunday evening, 4.07 p.m. The boys will be home any minute, and I am ready with a supper that they like. Meeples. And a smile on my face. I should really invest in toothpicks. I heard they work well to hold up the corners of your mouth when they would much rather sag instead. At 4.09, the door slams loudly. They've arrived, and in a matter of seconds, the entire hallway floor is littered with knapsacks, coats, empty snack bags, and crumpled up school notes. I muster my sweetest voice and greet the boys, asking them how their day went. They barely hear me before running into the kitchen and screeching, Ugh, meeples again! Why can't you ever cook anything normal for supper? My resolve is broken. I cannot believe this. They love my meatballs, and I purposely went out of my way to make them today so that they would be happy. The smile is gone. The sweetness is gone. What do you mean, Yussie? I pleaded and yelled all at once. You just told me last week that the only supper that you like is meatballs, and I went out of my way to make it especially for you tonight. Well, I only said that because compared to the other suppers you make, this is the only normal one. But I don't really like them, was his reply. There went my visions of a calm and peaceful night. Apparently, my gestures just don't mean much. I am ready to throw in the towel. Sunday evening, 7.52 p.m. I started bedtime at 6, so I am not quite sure why the only one still in bed is the baby. How many drinks can Libby need already? And after six stories, I am starting to get storied out. He is really trying to milk me for what he can. I think he started noticing that I am desperate. Finally, I give in and agree to lie down with him in bed until he falls asleep. I usually end up doing this anyway. I'm not sure why. I don't just give in right away. It's a half hour later and Libby is still not asleep. Now I remember why I try resisting this each night. Finally, after 43 minutes... He is sleeping, and I go downstairs to assess the damage that has taken place while I've been lying down. Mindy goes to bed next, and then Chevy. By 9.25, it is Yossi's turn. I think most kids his age go to sleep at 7.30. I set him up with a pile of books and a water bottle and wish him good night. At 9.31, he's downstairs again. I am out of ideas. This is just a nightmare. There must be a better way. Why can't I get this right? Sunday evening, 11.50 p.m. I really should go to sleep now. I did as much as I could to pull this house back together, but my mind is still a wreck. The thoughts just won't let up. Thanks for listening to my podcast. My name is Dr. S. Yaroslavitz, and I am the director of Handsful which is committed to the provision of community education in the area of behavior management and cognitive development of children. Send me your parenting questions by going to my website at handsfullchenoch.com 
or by WhatsApping me at 718-714-8595. I look forward to hearing from you. And remember, no matter how impossible things may seem, the Earth will continue rotating on its axis.